0: Hey, hey, how's it going, friends? Welcome back to another episode of Shit You Don't Learn in College. I'm your host, Xander Fryer, and today we're going to be talking about three ways to program your brain. So for all of our Shit You Don't Learn in College fans out there, if you've gotten any value from this podcast, don't forget to go to www.sidlickbook.com to grab your copy of the new number one bestseller, Shit You Don't Learn in College, also available now on Amazon. We do go through this topic a lot in the book as well, but let's get on with the show. All right, reprogramming your brain. Why? Why would we want to reprogram our brain? Well, for those of you who didn't know, your brain uh, is like a supercomputer. It is one of the most powerful tools that you are given uh, in the world. Yet uh, we're, we're given we're given user's manuals for things like our TV ro- remote control, our microwave oven, our washer and dryer. Yet nobody ever really gave us a user's manual for our brain, our, our, th- this amazingly powerful tool that we can use to either solve problems, uh, build the life that we want, or it's because it's so, pro- so powerful, if we don't use it properly, we don't know how to program it, it can send us into some crazy spirals and take us into dark places that we don't want to be. It is an incredibly powerful tool. Uh, now, let me ask you this. Did you know, uh, do you know what percent of your brain is your conscious mind versus your subconscious or unconscious mind? So uh, most neuroscience points to around 95, some say up to 98% of your brain is your subconscious or unconscious mind. That means you as a conscious thinking person is only two to five percent of a real person. Yeah, that's pretty humbling. Five of, percent of, of your brain is actually you. The other 95% is a programmable supercomputer. Uh, and the reality is majority of that Program is not being written by you. It's being written by media, society, our friends, our family, our, our, our parents, our schooling. Um, and you know, while our parents love us, they're not often writing programs for you that are going to help you be successful, fulfilled, and happy. So we need to take ownership of that. We need to take ownership over our mental programming, and we need to make sure that we are the ones that are actually responsible for what's going into those programs. So... How do you program your brain? First of all, before we get into three ways, three uh, tactical ways that you can actually do it, let's understand the the, uh, actual philosophy behind this. So programming your brain, uh, if you think of your brain like a muscle, there's actually a lot of science that now shows the brain is very similar to a muscle. When you use it, it actually gets stronger, it develops density, it, it grows in volume, very similar to a muscle. Um, they found there was a study that was done in London for new taxi drivers, and they found that the hippocampus, the area, uh, the area that, uh, or hypothalamus, I can't remember which one, something with an H. Um, what the area that, uh, marks, uh, long-term memory. Uh, over the course of being a taxi driver for four years, the area, uh, swelled and grew by over 40% because obviously taxi drivers had to know, uh, their ways around the city, right? So your brain is just like a muscle. It'll grow the more that you use it. Um, and like a muscle, well, how do you train your biceps? How do you get bigger, stronger biceps? Well, you go to the gym, you put in reps. So repetition, uh, and you put it under intensity. So the more weight you put it under, And the more reps that you do, uh, the, the stronger that muscle grows. And it's very similar with your brain. So what are the two things that program your brain? Well, repetition. And then what is the intensity or the weight that you're putting on? Emotion an emotional charge is what an emotional depth is is the equivalent of the intensity of the repetitions that you're programming your brain with. So I want you to think about this, right? When you're when you're a kid and your parents tell you no you can't do this, no you can't do that, no you can't do this and they tell you that over and over and over again, does that program your brain? Absolutely. Or the one time that you were called up in in second grade in front of the class And you were called up to tell a story and you froze and everybody made fun of you. That only happened once, but it was so deeply emotional that that also created a story. The example that I always tell people is, you know, if I tell people to remember where they were when they found out about 9-11, pretty much anybody that's, you know, not uh, under, uh, under 20, 25 years old, uh, will be able to tell you exactly where they were. They will tell you exactly what was going on. They'll remember the details of, you know, they were in Spanish class in high school or something like that, or they were at work and they walked into the office and, and it, you know, people were talking about it and they went to the water cooler and somebody mentioned it to them. And then they went and turned on the news in the, in the side office. And they could tell you all the nitty gritty details because it was such an emotional situation. So the two things that program your brain are repetition and emotion. So if we understand those basics, then we can be very clear on what is programming our brain right now, what is repeatedly hammering our subconscious, and what is really deeply emotional that's also creating really deep grooves in our pathways. So now that we know that, I want to tell you the three ways, the three best ways to program your brain uh, to be more successful, be happier, be positive, and actually make some amazing shit happen. So... The first one that I want to talk to you about is your environments. Yes, that's right. Your environments. Uh, I often say, and a lot of my mentors uh, hammered this into me, which is why uh, why we're talking about this, because I was repeatedly hammered this into. Uh, your environments dictate your destiny, right? Your environments dictate your destiny. Why is that? Because your environments will dictate your subconscious programming. So we need to dictate our environments really closely. So when I was growing up, when I was growing up, I... Uh, two of my best friends played baseball. Two of my best friends played baseball uh, when I was growing up. When I was like six, seven, eight years old. Now, my dad never played baseball. My mom's from Pakistan, so she clearly never played baseball. I didn't. I didn't have anybody in my life that was pushing me down the baseball path. But because two of my best friends were really into baseball, uh, do you think I started playing baseball? Of course, right? So I started playing baseball, and then um, you know, a couple years later, one of my best friends that. I met, wanted to play soccer. So he started playing soccer, and then the other one started playing soccer. So what do you think I did? I started playing soccer, right? Now, the truth is, we're all impressionable about the people around us, right? So one of the environments we need to be very, very aware of is the people, right? Will Smith once said, uh, if you surround yourself with five smokers, you'll become the sixth. If you surround yourself with five people who are stuck in dead-end nine-to-five jobs— that are unhappy, you'll become the sixth. If you surround yourself with five people who are complainers and blamers and, and, and never take full responsibility for themselves in their life, you'll become the sixth. But if you surround yourself with five millionaire entrepreneurs who are changing the world, giving back, living in gratitude, have amazing marriages, well, you're going to become the sixth. So you are the average of the people that you spend the most time with. The beliefs they have, the thoughts they have, the habits they have—they run off, they rub off on you. Now, this is part of the human condition. Is as humans, we want to be like the other people around us because it allows us to build community and connection. Which you know, when it comes to survival standards, would keep us safe as evolutionary man. If we're more like the people around us, it makes them like us, uh, and we're going to be able to have a community, and we're going to be able to keep each other safe, right? So the people around you are one of the most important environments that you need to focus focus on. Um, this is dearly difficult for a lot of people because sometimes it might mean that you have people around you that are programming you negatively. That you may need to have a less of an influence on you, and you need to you may need to spend less time with them. There's going to be other people that you may want to figure out how to spend more time with because you want them to have a better influence on you. So your people environment is a really important one. The places that you're around is a really important one as well. Now when I first quit my job. I made it a habit to rather than just, you know, I I lived in a uh, small two bedroom apartment in L.A. at the time. um, And I made it a habit instead of always like working from my little desk in my bedroom or anything like that. I would go work from nice hotels. I'd go to the lobbies in nice hotels and maybe I'd buy a snack and I'd jump on their Wi-Fi. And I'd go work from these really nice hotels around around Santa Monica and Venice and and Marina del Rey in these areas. Because I knew that surrounding myself around these nice areas that, that, you know, the the wealthy cars parked out front, the fancy, you know, the fancy interiors and all of that sort of stuff was programming my brain to to uh, live and and breathe that type of lifestyle more. So the places you surround yourself with is incredibly important. And you can also use subtle cues in your environment to constantly be programming your subconscious mind. So... Uh, when I first started my business, I actually went on Amazon and I ordered million dollar bills. Um, I ordered these million dollar bills, and I would use them everywhere. I would use them as bookmarks in my book. Uh, I planted one directly in front of my, uh, directly above my laptop screen, so that while I was working all day long, that million dollar bill was sitting there and just, just marinating in my subconscious mind. So these subtle cues. Maddie has a vision board. Um, so she has a vision board where she posts pictures of all the things that she wants to accomplish, uh, you know, over the next year or so. One of my favorite ones was when we first started dating, um, Maddie had her own business. This one's a funny one. Maddie had her own business and, uh, she was growing her business and she's like, Xander, I want to grow my business and I want to, you know, I want to make as much money as you do in your business. And so she actually, she, she was like, would you mind taking a screenshot of your bank accounts so that I could, you know, put that up on my vision board? Uh, So I took a screenshot of my bank accounts and she put it up on her vision board and uh, voila, before the end of that year, I proposed and we got married and my bank accounts were her bank accounts. So you want to talk about manifestation, uh, literally the exact numbers that she had on her vision board uh, ended up being her bank accounts. I always thought that one was really funny, but subtle cues, keeping, keeping things in your visual areas or um you know listening to things uh listening to to different connotation and things like that um audiobooks and things like that and programming your subconscious mind with those subtle cues is an incredibly important part of making that happen so your environments uh, you know, when you go to the gym, do you just listen to music or you do listen to a good audiobook or a good podcast? That's going to be programming your subconscious mind and your, and your brain. Uh, same thing with the media that you watch. How's that affecting you? Right? So that's number one is make sure that your environments are constantly programming your brain for the positive. Now, number two is one that a lot of people have heard of. Uh, some people practice it, but some people don't. And oftentimes they know they shouldn't, and they still don't. It's visualizations and affirmations. All right. So, uh, I want you to understand that When you're doing visualizations, visualizations and affirmations has been something that has been used by high-level athletes for decades. It's been used by high-level athletes for decades. It's commonly known that if you visualize, if you want to be hyper-successful as an athlete, you need to visualize yourself sticking landings. You need to visualize yourself uh, as that race car driver making the turns and being the fastest one around the corner, right? If you visualize yourself doing these things, you're actually doing the mental reps and you're actually uh, achieving it in your mind. There was a study that was done um, there's a study that was done where they took a basketball team, uh, an NCAA basketball team, and they broke them up into three groups and they all took free throws and they, and they had a baseline for their free throws. And then with the first group, uh, what they did is they had them practice free throws for 30 minutes a day. And then two weeks later, they retested to see how well they did. The second group they did, they had them not practice free throws at all, but they had them visualize sinking free throws for 30 minutes a day. And then the third group, they did nothing. That was the control. Now, the control, two weeks later, they shot the exact same as they did two weeks before. The group that practiced free throws for 30 minutes a day ended up uh, up being 26% better two weeks later. Now, here's the interesting part. The group that didn't practice any free throws but visualized sinking free throws for 30 minutes a day two weeks later was 25% better. So nearly exactly the same as the ones who actually practiced. So visualization can be incredibly powerful to programming your subconscious mind because the mind doesn't know the difference. So if you want to reprogram your brain, one of the things that you can do every day is visualize and affirm these truths that you want to be in your life. If you want to, uh, if you want to visualize yourself, if you want to be a millionaire, you start to visualize yourself as a millionaire. You start to visualize the actions you take. You'd, you'd, you'd sense how you feel as a millionaire and what you'd be doing, how you'd be spending it. And you'd sit there and you'd just visualize because your mind doesn't know the difference. And it will start to create that as an identity for you. One of the things that I always do is something that I call my, I ams So if I, you know, when I first started my business, I knew I needed to up level as a person. So I created a list of I am's on a little note card that I would read every single morning when I first wake up and every night before I went to bed. And I can still recite it to you because I've repeated it so often, right? And it goes, I am a leader. I am a warrior. I am strong. I have faith. I live my life from a place of love, growth, and purposeful action. Now I repeat this every single morning and every single night before I go to bed. And I actually, now I have this as my Uh, my bookmark in my book. So I repeat it every time I open a book and every time I close my book. So I'm repeating this. Now, do you think if I'm repeating this over and over multiple times a day, how do you think that reprograms my identity? Do you think I start to believe and act like a leader, like a warrior, like I'm strong, like I have faith, like I live my life and I make my decisions from a place of love, growth, and purposeful action? And if that's the person that I identify as, do you think that's going to affect my results in life? If I identify as someone who's hesitant, who's scared, who holds back, who's underconfident versus identifying as a leader and a warrior and someone strong who has faith, who takes action from a place of love, purpose, love, growth, and purposeful action, do you think I get better results? Absolutely. So visualizations and affirmations are an incredibly powerful way to program your mind because it's something you can repeat regularly. And if you close your eyes and you can really focus on feeling the visualization and the affirmation, it can also have a very deep emotional connotation as well. Now, the third way to reprogram your brain uh, that a lot of people forget, it might be actually one of the simplest ones and also one of the hardest ones. It's your actions, right? Your actions do a very, very powerful job at reprogramming your brain, right? So we can sit here and we can visualize and affirm all day. If you sit there and you visualize for 30 minutes a day, but then you go spend 23 hours and 30 minutes practicing something different, Different. well, do you think that's going to be helpful? Well, of course not. You want to visualize for 10, 20, 30 minutes a day, and then you want to go act as if that was already reality, because in the end, practice makes perfect, right? So if you want to become a great swimmer, what do you have to do? You have to practice swimming. Well, if you want to become a millionaire, you have to practice being a millionaire, Right. So, one of the things when I first started my business that I would do, I was at this point, I was sinking money. I, I had nothing left in savings. I was going into debt and I would still take out uh, $100 to $200 a week. I would pull $100 to $200 out a week in cash, in $20 bills. And every day, I would give away $20 to someone, at least $20. Sometimes I would do it to two people. So, I would give away $20 to someone every single day. Sometimes I would give $40 away. Now, why was I doing this? Because I knew that if I was a million-dollar earner, if I had a seven-figure coaching business, it would n- I would never hesitate giving away a $20 tip at the, at the restaurant or at the coffee shop. I wouldn't hesitate giving 20 bucks to the person on the corner selling flowers. I would never hesitate giving gifts and giving back and feeling so abundant that I could just give money anywhere because I was a seven figure earner. So I was practicing being someone who was so abundant that I could literally, I would walk around with $200 in my pocket. And by the end of the week, I wanted that to be gone. That was my goal, right? And that's how abundant I was practicing being abundant and being wealthy so much that I could give back every single day to help other people. Right. I would always ask The other thing that I would do is I would always ask myself whenever I was making a decision because I wanted to be a seven figure uh, business owner. I'd ask myself, what would a seven figure earner do? What would a seven figure earner do? Because the reality is, if I was not practicing being a seven figure earner now, how was I going to be the person that actually deserved a seven figure business down the line? It was going to be much more difficult. So of course, you want to change your environments. You want to change the things that surround you because those will program your subconscious mind. Of course, you want to do visualizations and affirmations because your mind doesn't know the difference and you'll, you'll create some deep grooves that way. But in the end, if you're not practicing it as well, if you're not practicing, if you want to be a seven-figure earner, practice being a seven-figure earner. If you want to feel more abundant, if you're not practicing giving money away, right, you're going to be programming your subconscious mind for the wrong things. That's all we have for today's show. Don't forget that knowledge without action yields nothing. So make sure that you implement what you hear with us and what you learn with us today. And for all of our Shit You Don't Learn in College fans out there, if you've gotten any value from this podcast, don't forget to go to www.sidlickbook.com to grab your copy of the new number one bestseller, Shit You Don't Learn in College, the book, available now.